Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell. Philip Matthew here. As we bring you Talking in Circles, we're going to review the weekend from Richmond. Four races, one cup to extend in a truck series event from Richmond. We'll discuss all that. We'll also talk about Daniel Flores making the news today. Flores is parting ways with Glum Brothers Racing at the end of the year. What does that mean for his future? Where will he be in the 2021 season? And for Gone Brothers Racing, who will be their driver? What will be their plans? We'll dive into that and what we think. We'll also uh, preview this weekend's races um, from Bristol Motor Speedway. We have Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup, of course. Tr- uh, trucks start in their playoffs. Cup ending round one of the playoffs in Xfinity ra- rounding out their uh, regular season. So we'll dive into that at Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend. 9 That is the number of call here tonight. On Talking in Circles. So first, let's dive into the Federated Auto Parts 400 from Richmond International Raceway. It was a race uh, that was pretty much dominated by Brad Kozlowski. Um, he led 192 of the race's 200 laps. Brought the same car that they had at Loudon and really had a good weekend at Loudon. Pretty much the same thing where they dominated the race. Philip Kozlowski comes here and really shows that... Uh, he is the man to beat at these flat or flatter tracks. It's going to bode well for him if he gets into the final four there at Phoenix. But what were your thoughts on Brad Kozlowski's win and pretty much dominating performance there at Richmond? Well, Clayton, it's good to have a win in advance and not have to worry about uh, going and having issues at Bristol because you could get taken out in somebody's wreck. You have some of these you know, people in traffic, they don't know how to go and get out of the way, some of these drivers. So taking yourself out of that uh, position is is a good thing. And for Brad to go and get another dominant win, I don't think when we talked about these crew chief changes back in January, um, I was probably, I was, I, I figure I was on the bad side of that deal right now, the way things are going. Um, it's good to see Brad get another win, honestly. And it's not just because of my personal fandom. I think for his viability in this playoff run, he has to make up points on Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick to truly guarantee himself a position in the final four, give himself a place to go to Phoenix and have a chance. Um, right now he's 13 points behind Denny Hamlin. In terms of playoff points, he's 10 points behind in regular. So, I mean, you're you're having to accumulate stage points. You're going to have to accumulate, uh, uh, you know, playoff playoff points so that you can guarantee you you want to take out some of these rounds and 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 be in a position where you don't have to worry about wild card races like Talladega, like the like Charlotte Roval. Uh, you know, there there's there are too many variables, as you can see with what happened with some of the people that we're going to talk about later. But take the variables out of the way. Give yourself guarantees and put yourself in a position where Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin are, where they're going to guarantee themselves two rounds, basically, um, by by just what they did in the regular season. and And really position yourself so that, you get to Martinsville and you're not sweating bullets. That's that's really what it boils down to. You do not want to be in a position going to Martinsville in a few weeks having to win uh, because there's going to be a ton of carnage in that race. Uh, it's basically the only short track left that on the cup schedule where there's actually racing. Uh, but you could make an argument even in the spring race or the June race how when it ran at night, how it basically became a, a, a one-car benefit. But, you know, we will see. I just credit to Brad and that whole team. Uh, the Penske gets a 1-3 there. Uh, Truex has been great in the state of Virginia over the last few years, one of his 17 home tracks. So, uh, I mean, hats off to the two crew and uh, Jeremy Bollins, I never would have thought that they'd be this good this year, and they have a real shot. I mean, they're not as good as the four of the, the 11, but they have a shot, and if they get to Phoenix, that's all you need. 
yeah, I mean, who would have thought, you know, when that crew change happened, um, and, and it was late, you know, if you remember, I think it was like at the beginning of January, it was sort of a late call, the call that they made to flop the crew chiefs around, and I was like, boy, Brad, who had Paul Wolf, who had a lot of success with Paul Wolf, and you sat there and you thought, that was kind of an odd move. Maybe it was just to get the other two performing a little bit better. And, you know, Jeremy Bowman's who a lot of people were looking at Ryan Blaney and saying, well, Ryan Blaney's got to run a little bit better. They've got to be a little bit more consistent on that 12 team. And they pointed to Jeremy Bowman's as a reason for that. Um, and here he is now, four wins in 2020 with Brad Kozlowski. Um, and to me, two more dominating wins of the year. I mean, he was dominant at New Hampshire. He was dominant the other night at Richmond, Brad. So uh, you got to feel pretty good, especially if he can get into the final four there at Phoenix. He said pretty much they're going to bring the same race car. That race car was, it's awesome, you know. And so Brad is going to be a factor. There's no question about it. Other runs, you mentioned Martin Truex Jr. Great job by him. He didn't lead any laps, but he was a top five car all night. Same thing with Joe Logano. Logano led 45 laps. He was a very good car. Those two Penske cars, the two and the 22, have really been at it. And give a call to Austin Dillon. I know he finished fourth and maybe not as, um, you know, as solid as where he was running for most of the night, but he got up to second and led for a little while, led 55 laps. You know, this is the second week in a row, you know, Darlington last week and, and Richmond this week, where we saw Austin Dillon really perform well. And, you know, he's not going out there and winning races yet, but I think of anybody who, as far as surprising, in the playoffs, um, I think Austin Dillon is certainly surprising a lot of people. That three team right now with Justin Alexander on the box with Austin Dillon is really surprising some people here, Phillip. Uh, I guess my question to you is, do you think they can keep this going throughout the rest of the playoffs? You know, if so, they could be an outside dark horse to win this play- to win this championship. What do you think of Austin Dillon in that three car? I think of the Austin uh, Austin Dillon in three car just wish that Tyler Reddick would have made the playoffs because if if Austin Dillon is doing this, then I can only imagine what a guy in in Tyler Reddick who's a two time Xfinity champion and consecutive Xfinity champion should have been Rookie of the Year this year and how well he's run overall. Uh, he finished just outside the top ten. Um, and he's been up there a lot of the year. It makes me wish that Homestead or Texas had went a different way. In terms of Dylan, he led the race. He It's one of his better performances in in his career, in a cup career. Justin Alexander, after all these crew chief changes, all the different things they've done with the three crew to cover for Austin himself, this might be the first time in his career, probably because, you know, between his stupidity and getting COVID and then, of course, having a kid, he's finally getting, he's maturing. And he's saying to himself, and this team is like, all right, we're getting behind this guy. Uh, I mean, credit to them, credit to that organization to be able to make the improvements they needed to make and to to be in this position. They're, they're one of three Chevys that finish in the top ten. The only other Chevy team, of course, of, of record right now is Hendrick. And and RCR has definitely become that second Chevy team again. And and for Dylan, right now, you look at the points, and you, you brought up that, you know, outside shot to make it possibly get in. I mean, you, you think about it, Clayton, we remember a few years ago, Ryan Newman finished second in the championship uh, in basically the same car, uh, same team. So for Dylan right now, he's 15 points out of the top four with uh, Joey Logano sitting there. Uh, Martin Truex has some points to make up. The biggest problem for him, similar to what I was talking about with Brad, is the playoff points. He's only got five playoff points to uh, Chase Elliott behind him. has got 20. So just let's just look at it in that sense. He's 15, given up 15 playoff points. Uh, he only has one race win, no stage wins. He's not a car that's going to win stages. Um, accumulation of points in these stages is key continuing that consistency. Um, He's definitely going to make it into the round two. Uh, It's a strong likelihood that based on the way he's been running recently, he'll make it in round one. He'll make it out of round two. It's what is he going to do in round three uh, that will determine whether an RCR car will be 
in that final four at Phoenix. Uh, but I mean, credit to him, credit to RCR for, for showing up. And I, and I really think yeah. that Tyler Reddick, we are going to go back at the end of this year and we're going to say, what was one of the biggest things that change? And it, and, and it's because of Tyler Reddick, honestly, and that, and, and that whole group coming up and pushing the three car and, and Austin Dillon to be better and all the changes and kind of dumb decisions he made in his life. And he finally figured out, he's like, I have to finally switch it on. And now he is, and we'll see, maybe he's actually going to live up to the hype that everyone's a lot of people have talked about him. Maybe he's going to finally live up to it now. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with Dylan. You know, the problem is he doesn't have a lot of playoff points and that's where you can't let up, you know, him finishing ninth is not going to be able to get him into the, into round three and him and getting into, to the, the final four, he's going to have to not only run good like he's been doing, but I think he's going to have to run better than this pull off a win maybe in the, in at Martinsville, one of those final races in that final playoff to get to the final playoff round to get to the final four. Um, so, you know, it's almost like a little too little too late, but like you said, give him credit for showing up. I mean, they, they've really been fast. It's been, you know, they've gotten track position. They've kept it and they've done a very, very good job. Um, in the playoffs, there's no question about that. I think they they deserve uh, a, a lot of credit. Um, going through the, the the running order, fifth through tenth, you have Chase Elliott in fifth, Kyle Busch finished sixth, uh, Kevin Harvick was seventh, Erica Marola eighth, Alex Bowman ninth, and Clint Boyer rounded out the top ten uh, on Saturday night at Richmond International Raceway. Um, a couple of guys that really stand out to me, you know, Kyle Busch, a guy a lot of people I think thought maybe would go to Richmond and and, and run pretty good. Didn't have a great day. You know, it was a, a top 10 car, but you, usually we're, we're used to seeing Kyle Busch here, you know, uh, run up front and lead a lot of laps. He hasn't done that. Um, my th- my question to you on Kyle Busch is, Philip, and I know we've discussed this earlier in the year, but now that we've gotten, you know, there's eight races to go now in, in the season, do you think he's going to go winless here in, in 2020? I mean, he's won every race in his cup career. He's won a race every year in his cup career, I should say. Um, he's been – you know, one of the top, definitely one of the top three drivers of our generation, and uh, it'd be shocking to see him go out there and not win a race. But um, do you think it, it's a possibility that he goes, you know, finishes these eight races without winning a race? Oh, possibility is there. He's definitely uh, there's been moments where Jones has been better than him this year, and Eric Jones is going to got fired. Uh, you know, Chris Bell has occasionally and it's very occasionally outrun him. There is a possibility. Every great driver, Jimmy Johnson's perfect proof of this. The guy won every year and he has 83 cup wins a few years ago. He still has 83 cup wins now and he's about to quit. And you just have to look at that. And even the best have off years. Uh, they'll, they'll basically chalk it up to no practice and this, that, and the other Kyle Busch, I just don't see how he doesn't win. Um, I, I You go to a track where this weekend where he's won, I don't know how many freaking times, him and his brother, how many times they've won at Bristol, and you just can't count out Kyle Busch at Bristol. Um, I was I was on here saying that he was going to win Darlington. I, he had the third best Gibbs car, basically, I think, maybe even the fourth best Gibbs car, at Darlington. Uh, this race, Richmond is one of his better racetracks, and he gets a top 10, but usually it'll be a top five, easy. Uh, I mean, you look at the rounds of the playoffs and how they kind of become softer in the second and third rounds. I think this first round is very difficult and quite challenging with the kind of tracks that they have to go to. You know, you have a couple. You have a now. You have a one, a cookie cutter, a super speedway where Toyotas are very tough, and then a road course, a street course, basically with the Roval. So that's kind of a a, a round where you could kind of throw the dice, and and Kyle Busch could win. He's done well at Kansas and Texas over his career, and he's won multiple times at Martinsville. So you look at that. You look at these next six races. I don't see why he couldn't win one of those next six races. Uh, the logic, though, when you look at what he's been doing this year, it's hard to think that he is going to win when you look at Denny Hamlin, when you look at Martin Truex, just within his own organization. 
And then you have Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, who are also running great this year. That's the issue. How is he going to fade those guys and, and go and, and get that victory? That, I think, is the bigger question with the no practice and no qualifying deal uh, relative to what he's used to. There's no question. Um, you know, I think the problem with me with Kyle Bush is that, you know, the speed of that 18 car just hasn't been there. And, you know, there are some times where in a race where he will find it and all of a sudden you go, oh, here comes Kyle Bush. And then they'll make an adjustment and it seems like they get way off. Uh, and he'll lose those spots that he gained. And it just seems like they haven't really put a whole race together yet. And the time is ticking. You know, he's he's gone to, gone to plenty of racetracks that when you look at his resume, you say, oh, he should be winning there and running up front there, and he hasn't done it yet in 2020. So, you know, I went on the record earlier this year, and I felt like it was maybe a little bit of a uh, kind of a, of a bold prediction going, eh, I don't know if I should have done that. But now looking at it, you say it, it's very li- it could be very likely that he would go winless this year. And who would have thought that? heading into the 2020 season after he's the defending cup champion, that he goes winless. But there are a few other guys who are in big trouble here after a tough weekend at Richmond. Um, Cole Custer finished 14th. And I, I'm going to say Custer, you know, he wasn't awful. Um, he was, a, a, you know, running around the top ten all day. Wasn't horrible. He's a rookie driver. You kind of expected him certainly expect him to uh, have some growing pains, and for him to even make the playoffs, I think, is, is he's, he's sort of playing with house money right now. And so, not a, uh, a bad year for him, but he's in tr- a little bit of trouble here. But the three guys that really stand out, 17th for Matthew Benedetto, 19th for Ryan Green, 21st for William Byron. Uh, those were the runs there for playoff drivers who really had some trouble there um, at Richmond, Phillip, and, and those guys, you know, Blaney was, was nowhere to be found. He lost track position early, could never get it back. Matthew Benedetto, this has been a trend of that 21 car here recently where this 21 car seems to not really have a lot of speed off the truck, and then they can't seem to find it during the race, and it seems like it's been a big trend here. He Benedetto in the middle of the year looked like he was going to be a shoe-in to the playoffs. He barely skated his way in. And when he got it, you go, okay, well, we'll find it in the playoffs. They haven't found it. He's going to one of his best racetracks at Bristol this weekend, so you can look at it and say, that's a good thing. And then you got William Byron. He's a young kid, obviously won uh, at Daytona in August there to, to sort of cap off his regular season. But we haven't seen the speed from that 24 car either. Uh, of those four, and, and Clint Boyer, who finished since, had a good weekend, but not a great weekend at Richmond. He's another good weekend here at Bristol to advance, you know, those guys, Eric Amarola also is close to being there. Um, a lot of guys that are close to the, to the cutoff right now uh, really need to have a good weekend at, at Bristol after uh, a weekend at, at Richmond that for most of them wasn't very good, Phillip. Yeah, you're, you right now you look at uh, Eric Amarola, as you said, Clayton, he's at 78 points out of the lead. He's basically that cutoff line. Kyle Busch, we talked about him, and he has he has 11 points on Eric Almirola and his brother Kurt, who are Kurt and Almirola are tied. Of course, Kurt as the same goes for him. Even though the Ganassi cars are are not good this year, Kurt Busch at Bristol he could pull one out. You know, you just that's what he his last win for Stuart Haas was there. You know, you just have to figure that. But Eric Almirola, the performance hasn't been there as he had earlier in the summer when he was just knocking off top fives and top tens on the regular. Um, he needs to go and get with the with the Bogoravich and them. They need to go and get through. Um, I mean, Cole Custer goes as one and one round and out. Most people expected that. The performance hasn't been there outside of him making one great restart at Kentucky and maybe two or three other races this year that, you know, he's gotten the rookie of the year for. He goes out in the first round. It's not that big of a deal. It's nepotism. He's got a guaranteed ride. Uh, The 21 car has not been good for a while. 
this season. It's been since early uh, return that was the last time where that 21 car was somewhat competitive. You, you, you were right on the fact that he barely made the, the this, this playoff. I mean, Johnson would have been knocked out, would have knocked himself out last week at, at Richmond with his performance if he was in the playoff, but D. Benedetto has not been a playoff caliber driver for a while in this season, and maybe it's stressed the possibility of losing his ride. Maybe the 21 team isn't hitting on all cylinders. You look at Penske in general, there's Brad. He's in one spot. You basically have Logano who's kind of like a step below, and then there's this like precipitous drop. Blaney has to win. De Benedetto has to win. That's a guarantee. There's nothing that tells me about what Clint Boyer's been doing. On, I mean, yeah, he finishes about 10th to 15th. That's what he is. It's possible that he gets through. You'll get eliminated next round. But there's nothing much that he's doing that makes me think he's going to get through. But he's got backup in the fact that Byron is not consistent and he hasn't figured truly figured it out yet. Um, he got fortunate with the Daytona win. Custer's a rookie, so that's a throwaway. D. Benedetto in 21 has no pace, and he's not going to have track position either starting the race on Saturday night. So that's the thing. I think right now the one person that's in that has to sweat a little bit is Boyer. Um, and in, But I do believe the four drivers that are out right now are going to be the four drivers that miss uh, the round of round of 12 or whatever, round two. And it would be a huge disappointment for Blaney and that organization, the way they'd ran at times this year to go and go out in a first round playoff. And, and that's a pretty, pretty weak end to a year where they had a lot of potential and a lot of hopes and a lot of wins that went away, uh, basically thrown away with, a bag of sand, as they said in the 40-year-old virgin. Yeah, are you concerned at all about Ryan Blaney? I mean, this is a guy who, in the early in the year, and for the most part, really, I think for most of this year, he's had a lot of speed in that 12 car. Um, and this has been a trend here where we've seen Blaney run really good. Last year it was like he was, a, he was great in the first two stages, then all of a sudden he faded. They haven't really been able to just put it all together there. And they, we mentioned earlier in the show how they made a crew chief change. A lot of people pointed to Jeremy Bowens as the reason why Ryan Blaney was, um, you know, in trouble. Uh, they might have put pointed to Jeremy Bowens that he was the reason why, you know, Blaney wasn't nearly as good or as good as the other two Penske cars. So they made a kind of a change here, and that 12 car still isn't performing well. So. It almost makes you question. I know Ryan Blaney's got a lot of talent. He's got uh, a ton of skill, but it almost makes you question what's going on with Ryan Blaney now because it's just he goes to Richmond, which he's never really been good at Richmond. Um, but you know they got to perform. He's got to do better than that. I'm sorry, he has to, especially when you know that that you're in a spot because of how you ran at Darlington puts you in a spot where you really have to perform better. They ran awful, awful at Richmond and. Bristol's probably one of his best race checks, if not the best race check he goes to. So that's a positive if you're a Ryan Blaney fan. But even if he doesn't make the playoff, even if he doesn't make the next round of the playoffs, Philip, are you concerned about the long-term future of Ryan Blaney? I mean, eventually you have to start putting a lot of wins together here. And, you know, if he goes in the next year and it's more of the same, there's going to be a lot of questions about Ryan Blaney's future, I believe. Do you agree with that? And, and are you concerned at all? Yeah, I would be. I, the, while I do believe he's probably the most popular, legitimate most popular driver in in the Cup Series, um, no offense to your former favorite driver's son, Clyde, but the fact of the matter is uh, Blaney has – there's a lot of talk and I and I'm I've been a, a mark. Uh, I've I've been a fan because of his dad and his great sprint car career. And then he came to NASCAR and did his thing and wasn't you know solid but yet un, unspectacular. Ryan Blaney's had a lot of PR. He's got a lot of publicity, social media. He's got the hot girlfriend. All these things. 
But at the end of the day, at some point, you're racing with two guys that are Hall of Famers. People hate Joey Logano, and that's fine. I get why people hate Joey Logano. It's easy. It's, it's, it's straightforward, but they will like other people that are just as douchey. He's a Hall of Famer uh, or on the cusp. I mean, he's won, he's won the Daytona 500. He's won a championship. He's won in two of the three national series. I think he may have won in a truck. Who knows? Uh, but I don't remember if he did. Brad's won in all three series. He's won over 30 cup races. He's won all but the Daytona 500 and one championship. He's a Hall of Famer. And he's won an Xfinity title. When does the time come up in terms of Blaney having to show that he can perform to that level? Of course, Penske in their history has never been great with three teams. It 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 has all the signs of put Sindrick in the 12 car and he can do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. That's kind of what they want to do. If you're going to go and tell me, oh, he's going to go back to the 21 car and he can do whatever he wants to do because Menard is going to sponsor it, then there's no pressure on him. There's no expectation. He sells trinkets. He's just like Clyde. That's fine. There's no expectations he wins a championship, but everyone's going to love it because he's old school and he fits the woods. Him and John are, you know, they can all, they can do lots of marketing and PR and he can do his, his podcast. That's fine. But when you drive for Penske Racing, you have to be able to perform. And if you don't perform, eventually the time runs out. Um, he's gotten, Roger Penske has gotten rid of legitimate first-line Hall of Fame talents to go and get somebody else because he's like, well, you're not doing what you have to do. I'm going to go and get somebody else because that's what he is. Uh, Blaney has to show up next year. He maybe wins on Saturday, but he has horrible luck at Bristol. For as good as he's always run there, there was like a montage of wreck clips of pictures. Like he was running up front and got involved in a wreck earlier this, this year. Uh, or last year. I, I mean, it's crazy how he gets involved in wrecks at Bristol. It's amazing. Blaney is like the magnet, how he finds his way to, finds a way to get himself in wrecks when he runs well at Br- Bristol. So it would be a huge disappointment. You can, they'll go and throw, I mean, what's his face, the crew chief, because he, he got his penalty in a bad spot. Um, Todd Gordon, he's good for that at least once a year. But at some point, Blaney has to show up. You know, he's he's got a lot of publicity. He's one of the most popular drivers in this sport. But you have to win. Uh, you have to come through. And there are other young guys that have potential that I think if they were in that 12 car, I think would be a little bit more uh, productive uh than what he has been able to be in his career uh, so far. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just, you know, you mentioned it. I think, for me personally, um, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I loved his dad. I thought his dad was sort of the guy that never really got a big shot in Cup. Very talented driver. Very Even his uncle's a very talented dirt racer. Uh, and his grandfather was a very talented dirt racer. So I like Ryan Blaney a lot. But, you know, you just look at at his numbers and you sit there and you go, that should be they should, he should have more than four wins in Cup right now. You know, he's, he's as much as people have said Chase Elliott has given a lot of wins away in his career. Chase has a lot more wins right now than Ryan Blaney does. So uh, that's there's certainly some truth to to Chase Elliott giving wins away. You know, we saw it earlier in the year when Darlington when he pitted or he got taken out by Kyle Busch and then he pitted under uh, in the 600 when when everybody else stayed out and he got lost in his track position, but. Uh, Ryan Blaney is sort of in the same boat, and, and a lot of it is bad luck. There's no question. I think Blaney is unlucky, but there's sometimes where they just shoot themselves in the foot and they don't. They show up to a race where, you know, like at Richmond, where you have to capitalize, knowing that Darlington was you were in a deep hole because you got a penalty and you knew you had to show up at Richmond and really perform well, and it just didn't. You know, so uh, if he can go out, to me it would be a, a huge win for his career, the biggest win of his career by far. If he can go out and uh, pull off a win this weekend at Bristol and get into the next round and just show people, you know what, when we want to, we have to, we can go out and we can not only perform but, but win a race when we need to at our at probably our arguably, 
arguably our best racetrack, and I think that would go a long way for Ryan Blaney fans. And, you know, he's still got a lot of work to do to win the championship this year, but uh, it would certainly go a long way for Ryan Blaney fans to feel better about the future and everything. So moving along, Philip, uh, something I want to get to here with Silly Season in the Cup Series. It was announced today um, that Daniel Suarez and Gaunt Brothers Racing have parted ways if you uh, not really sure exactly who Gone Brothers Racing is in the 96 team. Suarez, who obviously won the Xfinity Series Championship a few years ago, went to Joe Gibbs Racing, then bounced to Stuart Haas for a year. Then he went to Gone Brothers this year. Had some options earlier in the off, in the offseason last season, Philip, to go to uh, what was te- deemed a com- competitive but part-time Xfinity Series rides. Decided to take a chance and go with Gone Brothers Racing um, and Toyota and we knew that was going to be a challenge for them. They're a smaller organization. Never ran a full-time operation in the Cup Series. It has been a challenge. He, you know, he's run okay at times, but they missed the Daytona 500 to start the year, which was a huge thing for them. Um, but since then, you know, he's done okay, but nothing spectacular. So the team isn't, and, and him have decided to part ways. It looks like maybe Bubba Wallace is going to that car, Gaunt Brothers with Denny Hamlin buying that team, but we'll get to that in a little bit later. But, as far as Daniel Suarez is concerned, Philip, what do you, what's, what do you think about his future in NASCAR? Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions right now. He's kind of said in a, in a video today that he's unsure about where he's going to be. What do you think about Daniel Suarez's future in NASCAR? Yeah, it's it, there, he's definitely a polarizing guy um, for certain segments of the fan base. Um, people want to question his driving ability or driving talent. I would go and say that it wasn't his choice to go and get put into the 19 car when Carl Edwards decided to disappear. Um, I think that was more of a sponsor-led thing with uh, Carlos Slim, who uh, owns Aris. And, you know, to go and take a guy who won the Xfinity Championship the way he did in that final race at Homestead, and go and put him in a cup car because he's the guy funding the car. And you add the fact that Carl Edwards decided to disappear. You know, we can get into that. That's an off-season conspiracy that we can get into um, later in the year once we need more content in November. But the guy has ability. He has shown at times to have speed. He was definitely in the R&D car at Gibbs. It's the same thing that's happened to Eric Jones. I'm curious to see what's going to happen to Chris Bell, um, who has been a Toyota guy for many years, if they're going to go and give him the R&D treatment or if they're going to do it to to Martin Truex next year. Uh, the Denny Hamlin thing, now everybody's saying, oh, he's going to be an owner. The, I read earlier that they're going to give him an basically a waiver to be like, oh, even though he drives for a four-car team, he can own a team, which which is just, you know, it's idiotic. I mean, the realities are running out of people that can fund these teams because of the stupidity of the system. So now they need Denny Hamlin with his, with his, um, his money, um, uh, which with air quotes on top of the money that, of course, that he has earned. Uh, to go and own a team with the Gaunt, uh, Marty Gaunt, and uh, who engine builder, he was a part of the Red Bull racing team years ago when they were here um, and, and flamed out. Uh, Triad is, is his deal, and they, they built motors, and I think they still do, I'm not sure, but. It, the 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 rumor is that Bubba's going to go there and there's going to be this like conglomeration of investing and they're basically going to become the new uh, B team, basically the junior team, like what Furniture Row was before Joe Gibbs ran him out of business and then Levine before Joe Gibbs ran him out of business. We'll see. I, I don't really know. I It's whatever. I think that's for later once we actually get confirmation. For Daniel Suarez, I think the decision that he made that you mentioned, Clayton, about him, he had a chance to go to RCR. When you consider some of the runs, you have, you have Kaz Grala, who's basically coming off the couch once a month or something. Some of the runs he had in those cars so far have been pretty good. You have Myatt Snyder, who is uh, meh, 
kind of talent earlier in the year, he was running up front. Would your would your career look better if you ran a limited Xfinity schedule for either RCR or say JRM in the eight car, like what's like uh, Jeb Burton? You know, you can look at what's happened to Daniel Hemrick, and it's been a nightmare. But would you be better off driving in one of those cars where you're going to be up front every week or have a chance to run up front every week? or running in 30th in, in eight-year-old equipment, and then they're going to dump you because you don't have enough cash. To me, it, it makes more sense to run the Xfinity car. There's people who go and decide that they're best better off that way. Frickin' Justin Allgaier's become the new Elliott Sadler, and he's able to do what he has to do, and he's going to keep a ride for as long as he wants. But I think Suarez made a wrong move, and then the Daytona 500 miss really set the tone for this whole year. You can't miss the Daytona 500. You miss the Daytona 500, it basically sets the tone for everything. I mean, there's very few examples of people who have been able to miss a Daytona 500 and really recover the rest of the year. Uh, Rodney Childers was a part of one of those examples when Scott Riggs missed the Daytona 506. They had some good runs, and I think they finished around top 20 in points or whatever. But there's very few examples of missing that race and being able to do well because that's one of the biggest money races of the year. Uh, so, I mean, we'll see. I think Xfinity or Trucks is in his future. Um, he'll definitely have the cash to run in one of those series with some of the big teams there and maybe gets another opportunity in 2022 with the new car. Yeah. And, you know, I do feel bad for him because I think part of the reason why he went to the cup series in, in Toyota and Gaunt brothers racing this year was he saw a future. He saw a long-term deal where he could sit there and go, well, if I ride this out a little bit, two or three years, I could find myself in a really good ride with Gaunt. With Gaunt, we're going to build our team into a winner. We'll build our team into consi- into consistency. And now, after not even a year, you know, they're pulling them out of that ride. It sounds like Bubba Wallace is going to get that ride. And, and you know, like you said, when once we get a little bit more confirmation, we can kind of discuss that. But that's what it sounds like they're going to go in a little bit of a different direction than what they thought. They, they at least in the beginning of the year they were going to do. So you know, and, and that's where you kind of look at it and say, well, where's the loyalty loyalty here? And you know, it's a cutthroat business. It always has been. That's what makes silly season. You know, that's why we sort of love silly season in a way because anything can happen. Contracts don't really mean a whole lot. You know, friendships don't really mean a whole lot. Handshakes don't mean really mean a whole lot. They do to some folks, but they don't really mean a whole lot to others. And you know, um, I think Suarez is a victim here of just an organization that got a little bit saw a, a an opportunity with Bubba Wallace here to um you know, once in a lifetime opportunity and they said we have to capitalize it. We have to get the money that Bubba's gonna provide us. We have to um, you know, show what we're made of and, and really perform uh as good as possible here. So, you know, I feel bad for Suarez that way. I do think, you know, he was sort of in a one year deal with that in a in a ride and got thrown out of that forty one car because of Cole Custer being ready to go to the Cup Series, so that kind of hurt him there. And at Gibbs, I thought, like you said, he was rushed, but you know he didn't perform great there. There's no question about that. And um, you know, some guys don't even get that opportunity, those opportunities. So you know, you can't feel too bad for him because there are guys who have, you know, core of the joys of the world who have worked their way up and never even gotten close to opportunities Daniel Suarez has gotten. But at the same token, you go, well, it's not really whole, whole his fault of why, you know, it's fallen the way it has. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with him next year because, like you said, he could go to Xfinity and, and run really good and maybe rebuild his career. I think that would be ideal for him if he can do that next year. Um, not sure exactly what is out there. Maybe he could go to a front-row motorsports team with that 34, Michael McDowell, and go out there and say, hey, you know what, yeah, we'll, we'll – we're not great, but we'll at least be a step better than where we were this year. Um, and maybe Ford can, can put him in a ride if he really performs well again. So uh, we'll see. You know, there's a lot of, of 
opportunities out there. I think silly season is going to get a little wacky here. But, you know, for Daniel Suarez to be getting outside looking in, uh, it's a tough deal for him. It, it really sticks because, again, I think he looked at this Gaunt Brothers racing deal and thought, okay, long term here, this is my best opportunity. We'll get more funding from Toyota. We'll have backing from Toyota, which I think Toyota, you know, they're one of those cutthroat organizations and, and, and teams where they sit there and they go, we don't really care. This is how it's going to happen. Um, and, you know, they want Bubba Wallace and they want all that. And that's fine. Bubba deserves an opportunity as well. But, you know, unfortunately, it's at the uh, expense of Daniel Suarez. Um, NASCAR Xfinity Series fill up this weekend. Two races, both won by Justin Allgaier. Um, you know, it was interesting because one race was run at night, one race was run at the day. You had this conservative tires this weekend. Can't recommend the tires really fell off a lot. Uh, and Allgaier in the second race, and even in the first race, wasn't that great early in the run. But man, on the long run, that seven car just went, and he completely dominated both of those races. Uh, what were your thoughts on Justin Allgaier going out there and, and competing and, and going out there and winning both of those races at Richmond? And do you think he's got a chance to to win this championship in the Xfinity Series? This Xfinity Series has been very, very weird this year because we've seen guys peak at different times. You know, it was Chase Briscoe for earlier in the year, then it was Austin Sidrick, and now it seems to be uh, uh, Justin Allgaier here um, lately. So we've seen guys peak at different times here at different parts of the season. What are your thoughts on Justin Allgaier's win at Richmond, and do you think he, this will help propel him into a, a deep playoff run? Oh, he's absolutely a favorite, Clay. Now you gotta uh, you you look at Gumby's run well. He, the cookie cutters have been on in his favor. Uh, Chase had a great start to the year. He couldn't finish outside the top five, no matter like every week, top five, uh, super consistent. Uh, Points-wise, he had had a gap uh, before Cindric started going and winning all them stages and uh, winning all them races. I mean, Cindric has 10 stage wins. All Geyer's tied with him now. And the points, because of some of the um, the misfortune that that All Geyer's had is why he's so far behind. But because of this point system and the way things are, he's going to be right, right in the deal. He's only going to be 10 points behind. Uh, or somewhere around there. I mean, we'll see what when everything zeroes out. But uh, he'll he'll be right there with Cindric, with Briscoe. Uh, you, you look at Chastain's going to get some points uh, uh, going into the uh, the playoff, and he's he definitely is a favorite because you talk about Brad earlier with his his flat track prowess. In recent years, all guyers kind of made his name here on the short tracks and the flat tracks. Probably goes all the way back to his ARCA days and his dirt track days. But uh, this seven team, it's got, I mean, I said it about him. He's the new Elliot Sadler. He's going to make his career in Xfinity because he's got the big money for an Xfinity sponsorship. But unlike Elliot Sadler, I think Justin Allgaier is the kind of guy uh, that it would be cool to see him win a championship. And when you consider that Sindrick and Briscoe's trajectory is going to be the cup series and they'll, they'll likely, and I mean, at least in Chase's uh, case, I feel like when, when he gets into a proper car, uh, a Stuart Haas car, he'll be able to win. Uh, you know, the all guy never really got that shot. But he's shown in Penske equipment when he was there years ago that he can win. Uh, if he had gotten in that opportunity, maybe he could have been in a better place. Uh, he's a definitely a favorite to uh, upset those two young guns with the cup, full cup backing uh, here. And the way he ran at Richmond for basically in 24 hours, less than 24 hours winning two races, is is a great performance by JRM, by the seven crew, by uh, I'm forgetting Burdett, his crew chief, to go and take one car, go and win a night race, and then come back a few hours later, win a day race. Uh, definite, definite favorite, and and he isn't going to go away because he's he's like four foot five or whatever. He's stubborn. He ain't, he's like 
he's stubborn. He's going to bite at your ankles. That's what he's going to be. Uh, he's, it, it has all the makings of when he won his ARCA championship because Stenhouse and Scott Speed were the favorites. They both had cup backing, and they were in top flight rides, and they both decided to end each other at, at Salem, or not Salem, it was like at uh, at Toledo, and 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 uh, what do you call Justin Allgaier with his own family run team went won the race and won the championship. It has all the makings of that at Phoenix, really, and it wouldn't surprise me. No, for sure. Uh, like you're talking, referring to his ARCA championship years ago. Uh, yeah, no question. It it was a great weekend for Justin Allgaier. He's a guy I think that a lot of people look at and say, you know, if the car's right and they can pull off a, a you know, I would say ten races, but in Xfinity it's eight, an eight race run that's, you know, where the car is good, Allgaier can certainly get into the, to the final four. Uh, you discussed the other guys, uh, Briscoe and Cindric, who have really been winning a lot of races this year. They really struggled this weekend uh, at Richmond. I know there was two races and not a lot of, of opportunity to work on a race car between races at Richmond. So really what you had on Saturday, you kind of had on Sunday. There were a few guys who were able to um, find a little bit of more speed in their cars than what they had on on on, uh, on Friday night, I should say, into Saturday um, but really what you had is what you had, and, and Briscoe and Sindrick really struggled at Richmond. Um, you know, as far as Briscoe is concerned, he won a lot of races. I mean, there was a time in this season where we sat there and said, this kid is, is going to run away with the championship, no question about it. Uh, but recently it just seems like that 98 team isn't really clicking on, the, on as, you know, clicking on all cylinders as, as good as they were earlier in the year. Are you concerned at all about that 98 team? And, and, and how about that 22 team as well, where, uh, you know, Sindrick, who more recently was winning races, uh, but another uh, they had a tough weekend at Richmond as well. Do you think it's just one week for these guys, or do you think this could be something that we have to watch here uh, as the season goes along? I mean, I, I have to go and I'll, I'll raise my hand, putting by – I have to put bias aside with my um, – my fandom uh, with the the 98 car, but I am concerned with the recent performances of the 98 car uh, relative to uh, the 22 and the seven. Um, you know, I, I granted he was up front at the Daytona road course granted you and he got wrecked. He was up front he went and got penalized and he had to go all the way to the back and he came back or he had a wreck early and he came back at Dover. Um, Daytona, he had the pole and made a one wrong move. And basically that, and he got into a wreck. It was a part of a triggering of a wreck and was, was, yeah, you know, it, Darlington, he should have, he had the lead and because of NASCAR's stupidity, he lost that race. I mean, there are, there's, extenuating circumstances, but then you also look at the performance and Richard Boswell and that crew, it's got the makings of like 2011 Tony Stewart where, you know, uh, Darian Grubb couldn't get the job done. And then somebody told them, Tony told them, oh, you're going to get fired. So you're going to have to look for a job. And then he decided to start doing what he had to do. And they win five out of 10. It, that's kind of where we're at because we don't know if this team is going to exist next year. We don't know what Chase is going to do. There's rumors that he's going to be driving a really tub of crap next year um, in the Cup Series. Um, if not, he might be back in this car. We don't know what his situation is. So there's that whole thing going on. So that's not a great thing. In terms of Cindric, they went conservative. They weren't trying to win. They won a stage on Friday, but they weren't as fast as they have been. He's not a great short track racer per se. He's more built for the road courses and the cookie cutters, which this playoff kind of suits. Um, and with the amount of playoff points that he has, he should be okay to advance at least one round. Um you know, he could go and do something. The problem, Talladega is there. There's only two Fords. 
that'll be a problem for both of them. But we will see. They're the two best drivers right now in this series, and they both are going to advance to the Cup Series eventually, whether it's in 2021 or when the new car comes in 2022 is to be determined. But uh, their performances at Richmond do not tell you or do not speak to two, the two title favorites uh, that they've accumulated, their, that, that position that they've accumulated so far uh, this year. For sure. And, you know, I, I'm not that worried. If I was a Briscoe fan, I wouldn't be that worried. You know, I think you look at it and you say he's won six races this year. He's had a great year, and he has. Same thing with Cedric. They've had a lot of speed. It's just, you know, they want to, they want to race in bunches, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, they win again. You know, we'll see, and, and that's what's going to make this Xfinity Series season fascinating. There's really no drama as far as uh, the playoffs are concerned. They, like I said, they, they end their regular season here at Bristol. You know, maybe somebody pulls off a, a, a crazy win. I'm not sure how that's exactly going to happen with everything that's, you know, with Bristol and how far these guys yeah. are off. But somebody's going to steal a win there if they want to add some drama into the playoffs. But right now the 12 that we have has pretty much been the 12 all year. Um so I think that's what we're going to see uh, in the Xfinity Series, and uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens at Bristol, just because it's a chance for Cisco, for Cindric, excuse me, and Brin, and Briscoe, and uh, Allgaier or Drakeson, or even uh, Ross Chastain, who showed some a, a lot better speed here of late to get the victory lane and sort of get some momentum to go into the playoffs. Uh, I think Bristol's a big weekend for some of these guys, some of these teams at Bristol for uh, the Xfinity Series. Truck Series also ran at Richmond. It was Thursday night, which is uh, almost a week ago now. When you think about it, it was a while back. Uh, the race was a little bit weird because you had Ben Rhodes, David Reagan, Austin Hill on one pit strategy, and then you had uh, a bunch of other guys, you know, Matt Crafton and um, uh, Grant Enfinger on another pit strategy, and those guys had fresher tires. Enfinger had to pit under green lost a lap, was able to work his way back up, gain a lap, and then pass his teammate Matt Crafton to go to victory. A very, very impressive win for Grenenfinger. Um, what were your thoughts on the uh, Truck Series race at Richmond on Thursday night? That Truck Series race, Clayton, was the precursor to what we saw the whole entire weekend. Uh, the pitch strategies, the alternatives, who was doing what, really set the tone because that tire, yeah, it fell off, but you had the haves and have-nots the whole night, and it would be long green flag runs. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, manipulation going on, uh, weather, of course, playing a role, uh, rain being in the forecast, I think, uh, all three days, so they didn't want to take that into account. Um, I mean, Enfinger hadn't won in a while. Uh, so it was a big deal for that 98 crew. It fits the 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 pattern where you look at this. This whole entire series is basically around three teams, GMS, uh, Thor Sport, and then Kyle Kyle Busch. Or, I mean, I guess you, I, I won't say Kyle Busch, but you'll say Toyota. Uh, and that's really where we're at. And you look at the top ten that ended up, making this uh, playoff after uh, Thursday night's race, and that's everybody in the in the playoff. And even the top two drivers that missed, or, or the, the next three drivers that missed are all Toyota drivers. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, Grant Enfinger is a champion of the ARCA series a couple of years ago, grinded to get that, took years. Uh, he's a driver. He won the regular season championship last year. Uh, didn't have a great uh, playoff. And, uh, you know, maybe this year having the kind of year where they've, with Jeff Hensley, who has got tons of experience, going back going back 30 years experience um, with Chuck Bown um, and that whole 63 uh, Nescafe car that whole family, uh, he has tons of experience, went through championship, truck championship battle with Mike Skinner. They fell short to Ron Hornaday. 
Um, maybe this is their time. Maybe it's Grant Enfinger's time to go and get this championship. You look at Matt Crafton. You look at some of this championship's going to be intriguing because there isn't a whole lot of points. It's going to be very close the whole way. Uh, playoff points is only 12 points between Sheldon Creed to Ben Rhodes. You have Austin Hill's going to get 15 playoff points. So he's going to be at, what is it, 32, 37. So it'll be like he'll have a little bit of a gap, but you have Sheldon Creed, Zane, everybody else is close. It's very compacted. Uh, and you're going to Bristol in a couple of days. So <laughs> this could flip right on. Uh, this could all flip uh, right over in one shot, one race. So uh, Grant and Figure going out there, getting that win, big deal for him. Thor Sport one two three while while Johnny Sauter was dropping enough f bombs to um, whatever I mean if you if you wanted to keep count and you wanted to put a put a dollar for every f bomb he said you'd have probably made a lot of dollars um, he he was trying to do his version of what does the Kurt say um, on the radio between Darlington and Richmond I was quite entertaining on his radio uh, for sure. Yeah, what a year for Sauter. Uh I mean, goodness gracious, he uh just had nothing to go right for him and even, you know, a a racetrack where he had experience, you know, not everybody not a lot of guys, I think it was um Reagan and maybe Johnny Sauter had run a truck race before at Richmond and that was it. Everybody else in the field was running their first truck race there. Not a lot of guys even ran Richmond to begin with. Sauter's got cup experience, he's got Xfinity experience, Reagan too. Uh you know, so there wasn't a ton of experience in the field, so you thought maybe Sauter had a little bit of the upper hand there. You said, okay, he's going to go to Richmond, a track he's familiar with, where everybody else was kind of feeling it out a little bit. And they weren't even close. I mean, the first run of that race, he was letting people go on the high side. He thought something was broken. That's how far off they were. So, you know, the magic with him and Joe Shear Jr., who is a good crew chief, but that magic has seemed to wear off a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see what Sauter's future was. Uh, he was very frustrated, obviously, last week. They had a bad engine, which he wasn't happy with. But uh, at Richmond, he was he was nowhere to be found. But, you know, I think he's got to try and salvage here a halfway decent finish to the season if he wants to you know, uh, keep momentum going. I think Thor Sport's going to keep him there as long as he wants to, as long as he wants to be there, because they know he's good. But if he runs like this and doesn't make the playoffs, you know, there's – going to be a lot more years in front of them, a lot more years behind them than they have in front of them if he keeps running like this. So I would like to see that 13 truck build some momentum if you're a Johnny Sauter fan or um, if you're Johnny Sauter there, they got to build some momentum to, to get there. Uh, was he your biggest surprise, Philip, as far as drivers in a truck series who didn't make the playoffs? I know you also had Stuart Friesian in there. You had a, both the Kyle Busch Motorsports trucks not making the playoffs. Who was the biggest surprise out of the truck series, now that they expanded to 10, 10 trucks and 10 drivers, who was the biggest surprise for you to not make the playoffs this year? Yeah, I would have to say, I mean, I agree with you with Johnny Sauter. I mean, just based on uh, being the veteran and former champion, that team has three drivers all solidly in. Two of them won a, multiple races. Or I mean, multiple races. One of them won multiple races, and and you, you consider Matt Crafton's a three-time series champion. I mean, he's been there forever. It's 20 years, basically. He's been in the truck series, and for Sauter to be so far off is crazy. Um, I'll I'll go and throw in a wild card there and tie Majeski with uh, the niece organization but then when you go and extend it out to where it this also has to do with freezing where they lost the gms support and you look at all four gms trucks made the playoff there you go two of those four trucks were didn't exist last year and you count the 45 and the 52 that made the final four okay and then you look at the drivers they have this year. Sheldon Creed took a big step forward. You have Brett Moffitt, who's still got the talent. He may be in play for a couple of the rides that are open right now in the Cup Series. And then you have two young guys in Dane Smith and 
and Tyler Ankrum, who's got a ton of potential, made it with DGR Crosley. So it it all kind of equals out in that sense. Um, but you know, time and Jeske, he'll he'll be okay. He'll drive supers for for the rest of his career. Super late models, he'll be able to make his money. Um, Johnny Sauter, I mean, he's, he's the the anger he has is more my question. I think he might run over somebody on Thursday night, and that might be more entertaining than some of his actual driving that he has done over his career. Uh, that I think are the those are the two I think are the most surprising when you think about going all the way back to February what we thought would be favorites uh, to make the playoffs and uh, relative to what ended up happening. Yeah, and you mentioned Ty Majewski, who's no longer with Nice Motorsports. That's an unfortunate deal, but four trucks again for them this weekend with Ho Shaver, Decker, uh, Ross Chastain, and then Trevor Brain, of course, driving a forty-five now for. Uh, Majeski, and you just have to wonder if the team's stretching themselves themselves a little too thin. I've been saying it all year. Uh, we'll see if they can perform a little bit better here at at Bristol. But um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out this weekend. Um, uh, how about your cup pick, Philip? Is there somebody that you look at and say, uh, I think they're going to win the cup race? Who do you think is your who's your cup who's your win who's your pick to win the cup race? Uh, this weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. Our cup pick this weekend is is difficult because it's it's a night race, so there isn't going to be a whole lot of they'll they'll be able to get two grooves, uh, unlike the All Star race. So while I would love to for the fandom and for us to go and get more listen listeners and go and pick Clyde. I just don't think that that's going to be the case. I feel like it's going to be either a Toyota or a Ford that wins on on Saturday night. And frankly, I'm going to go with Joey Logano. Why? he? It's a position now where he needs to go and put himself back in this deal. Paul Wolf and Brad won this race many years, what is it, 2012, 2011, they won this race. It's first time in the playoff, the Bristol night race. They're going to have fans there. It'll piss people off. It'll be great. They're going to be booing him the way they're going to be booing Bubba and Suarez. It'll be just hilarious. Dan, you got Joey Logano sitting there with his stupid face going and waving the checkered flag. I kind of want Joey Logano to win just because it would anger all the idiots that are going to be there and just booing him. I think that's really what it is. But I also think that he's one of the better drivers at Bristol. He got used up by Elliott in the June race. He had a good car. They have the potential to win this. I'm going to go and pick Joey Logano. Yeah, interesting. Uh, And it is – a guy with Chase Elliott you look at because of what happened in the all-star race and he ran so good there. Uh, I think he's definitely a guy you can pick, but Logano is certainly um, the pick. I think with the all-star race, there was a lot of people who kind of, not that they didn't take that race seriously, but they, they're going to take a points race in the playoffs a lot more seriously than they would an all-star race. that doesn't pay any points and they're going to build, bring their best race cars there. So uh, Logano, certainly an an opportunity for him to win. Um, Blaney, as I said, I think Blaney is very, very good at Bristol, but they got to get track position. They got to get the luck, and they got to keep their track position. Uh, Xfinity, really quick, Philip. I know um, we're running short on time here, but uh, Xfinity and then Trucks, who do you got winning those two events at Bristol? Xfinity, I, I figure, you know, Spencer's guy. At some point, Ross Chastain has to win. Uh, he's been up front a lot this year and just hasn't been able to close. I feel like uh, Ross Chastain goes out there on Friday night, gets a win there. Um, yeah, I always have to look at the Gibbs cars, Toyotas, uh, Will, and, and like Harrison Burton, for example, would be somebody to look at as well. In the truck series, it's the opening race of the playoffs. You're, you can't go wrong with picking one of the playoff drivers. Um, I'm going to take Sheldon Creed, dude. Dude is Robbie Gordon 2.0. He's his protege. He's aggressive. Um, if he can keep the right side on his truck, uh, he has a great chance of winning. 
if if Todd Gillen doesn't go and send him to outer space, he has a great chance of winning. So I'll pick uh, Sheldon Creed in the truck series for Thursday night, and I'll pick Ross Chastain for Friday night for Spencer and for all the people who love the uh, watermelon farmer himself. <laughs> yeah, I do think Chastain's going to be somebody to keep an eye on because I think that for the first time this year, that 10 car I think is right on the edge of winning races. Uh, they they weren't really like that early in the year. They really struggled. I think early in the year they struggled to get their feet under them. Uh, middle of the year they were getting a little bit better, but they weren't there to win races just yet. Right now where they can pull off some wins, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so, yeah, I think Ross is a, is a very, very solid pick. I also think, um, you know, Briscoe and Sindrick and Justin Allgaier. You know, again, I, I'm I'm really curious to see what these guys do because I think that everybody is going to want to win these races, this race here, um, you know, the final race of the regular season, they build some momentum to get in the playoffs. I'm really curious to see who, who goes there. But I'm going to go Chastain, too. I think he's going to have a really good sh- shot. As far as the trucks are concerned, I'm going to go Brett Moffitt. He's got to get the victory lane sometime here. He's been so good all year. It's going to be crazy if he goes this year and doesn't win a race. Um, he's got to get there eventually. So uh, I think Brett Moffitt's going to go to victory lane. I think he's going to win uh, and, and get himself into the next round of the playoffs uh, real quick. So, he, again, he's been really good. We talked about GMS and Thor Sport being the two dominant teams so far this year in 2020 in the trucks. I think that is going to be the case. But keep an eye on um, for uh, keep an eye out for Todd Gilliland, and I don't know if I made a cup pick. Uh, that was a good question. I'm going to go Denny Hamlin. Um, you know, they've they've kind of hit a lull here. It seems like Hamlin, um, you know, they've won a lot of races this year, but the, the consistency. Richmond bothered me a little bit because they lost their track position. They were never really able to get it up there, and that's twice now we've seen. That team lose their track position, never really worked their way up through the field. You know, like we see with Harvick sometimes, where Harvick loses his track position, and he goes, oh, no big deal, we'll, we'll pass cars, and he does it all the time. Uh, Hamlin hasn't done, hasn't done that the last couple of times he's lost his track position. So uh, I, would, I think it's going to be a, a big win for Hamlin if he can go out there and say, you know what, I don't really care what happened at Richmond, we're going to go out and we're going to win. But Blaney is a guy, too, I think I'm going to look at and say, I think Ryan Blaney – uh, can, can do a good run. But I'm going to go – my pick to win is uh, Denny Hamlin. If he doesn't win at my dark horse um, is uh, Ryan Blaney. I know that kind of, you know, doesn't um, – we don't really do dark horses, but what the heck. So I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking Circles this week. I know with the last couple of weeks with football and uh, with Memorial – or Labor Day, excuse me, we've pushed it back Tuesday, but we'll be back here uh, on Monday on Talking Circles next week. We will review Bristol, discuss everything you need to know, uh, for the NASCAR news, we'll probably have a lot more news as far as the silly season is concerned next week as well. Um, so keep it locked in here to uh, talk in circles. I want to thank Philip Matthew for another great show. We'll see you next time. Good night.